Oi, oi, and welcome to the Orient Outlook podcast, sponsored by Carol Angley Flores with myself, Steve Nussbaum, and as always, I'm joined by my good friend, South Stand Chum, the bearded legends, the one and only, the daddy-o, is Mr Paul Levy. Thank you very much indeed. Hello everyone, welcome back. This is episode number 346, and as always, thanks to everyone who tuned into last week's show, and also a very special thanks to Nigel Travis for coming on, talking so openly and honestly, and I think... Uh, Judging by uh, the comments and feedback that we've had, I think it's gone down pretty well. I think it's answered a lot of questions yep. that people had, so that's all good. This week, we've got two games, the start of a bit of a run where we're Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday now. Uh, so I think without further ado, let's just crack on. And as always, we start with a word from the podcast sponsor. We do. Our podcast is sponsored by Carol Langley Florist, who are about to have one of their biggest weeks of the year. <laughs> they're a florist, they're based in Chingford. And have served the borough of Orphan Forest and the surrounding areas for more than the last 70 years. They've got a fantastic team of florists that can do anything from bespoke wedding events to family funeral tributes, birthdays, anniversaries, Valentine's Day, Mother's Day, bar mitzvahs, bat mitzvahs, anything you need them for, they've got you covered. And hopefully you all know by now they offer 15% off to always fans and staff, which could be a huge saving for whatever you need. So you can get in touch with John and the team by calling the shop on 0208. 529-4130 or you can go and have a look at their website they can be found at www.carolangley.co.uk or you can find the team on social media you can find them on Instagram at carolangleyflorist you can find them at Twitter at carolangleye4 and you can find them on Facebook quite simply under carolangleyflorist we've warned you now for the last three to four weeks Valentine's Day is on Wednesday so if you're sitting there at the Northampton game and you suddenly get the scares then you can only blame yourself <laughs> well put you have been forewarned uh, let's move on then to the supporters club one trip to tell you about this week Saturday the 24th of February we travel to Oxford for a 3 o'clock kickoff. coaches will depart at half past 10 the adult fare is £28 obviously a return uh, concessions are 25 children uh, travelling for just £14 obviously there is a £3 surcharge for non-members and all children must travel with an adult and obviously those prices don't include your match day ticket so you can book on any of those trips by going into the supporters club that's at Northampton on Tuesday or Burton next Saturday or if you can't make either of those you can call Malcolm on the travel line it's 07507 539 Five seven nine, and also a note for your diary as well. On Tuesday, the twentieth of February at seven o'clock, there is an evening in the supporters' club with the manager Richie Wellens. So seven till nine, Tuesday, the twentieth of February, free admission by ticket only to Leighton Orient Supporters Club members. So if you're not a member, you can join. Absolutely great show. All right, let's move on to the week that was down at the O's and happy Monday. 5th of February, whilst episode 345 was taking the airways by storm, our forthcoming opponents, Port Bell, were busy as they sacked their manager, Andy Crosby, with little more than 24 hours to go until we played him. So yeah. that can always be a bit of a blessing or a curse, depending yeah. on what way you look at it. So you're yeah. like, oh, really? Okay, fair enough. Yeah, absolutely. Some good news for you happened on Tuesday the 6th of February to Huey Tuesday as we like to call it. Congratulations to Kent Teague and his family on the safe arrival of a baby boy that they've named Owen, the newest member of the Teague family. So we hope mum and baby are doing really well, Kent, and we send our love and best wishes to everyone. Absolutely. Also on Tuesday, we were in action away to Port Vale. 6.45, the team was announced with Sol Brennan goal with Ethan Galbraith, Brandon Cooper, Dan Happy and Tom James at the back with Idris El-Mazzouni, Jordan Brown, George Moncur, Theo Archibald, Shaq Ford and Morel Satiri making up the 11 and on the bench we had Howes, Hunt, Prattley, O'Neill, Adu Ajay, Piggott and Edwards. Indeed, so that meant there was one change to the team that started against Carlisle as Omar Beckles missed the game through injury. He was replaced by Brandon Cooper and Dan Adu Ajay made the squad with XO. Actually, Gavin Massey was on the bench for the hosts. Very nice. For me, as expected, obviously, (coughs) uh, Beckles came off the pitch in the last match at home to Carlisle. So we knew he probably wasn't going to start that one, but happy to see the other 10 uh, players all retain their places. Must say, it's a very, very attacking bench with yeah. not many defensive options. Obviously, Ed Turns has gone back uh, to Brighton via crew. I must say, though, what's happened to Jaden Sweeney? Not in the squad. Dave Victor didn't ask him, Richie, uh, pre-Carlisle, 
So I can only imagine that Sweeney, following his performance at Reading, isn't getting in the squad. So a bit surprised where you see kind of two young forwards and Piggott, where you've got three kind of centre forwards or attacking players, plus O'Neill, where you've got mm. four, really. Mm. Only Hunt as a defender mm. to kind of leave Sweeney out at the expense of one of the two young attacking players. I thought, oh, OK. Unless Sweeney is injured and they've just not told anyone. Yeah, there is that that possibility to yeah. it and you kind of hope he's not being left out of the squad possibly yeah for that reason because I don't think that would be fair for, for his performance against uh, against Reading yeah I agree with you really good solid side there and it's good that we have got the ability to just sort of swap Beckles out and put Cooper yeah. back in who's obviously knows the guy's been training with them playing with them and so on yeah really strong strong side I thought we could get something from this absolutely I think we all expected to given our current run of form and Port Vale's poor run poor of form at yeah. the same time a few tweets came in uh, when that team was announced, Poplar 32. So no cover at centre-back. Big mistake. You'd argue that Tom James could possibly slot in, or Darren Prattley yeah. could potentially slot in. Not ideal, and I said this last week. Last week, It's not ideal, because you're putting square pegs into round holes. But I guess if the push came to shove, we could do that. David Carroll, one, tweeted us and said, it's as I predicted, because Richie said Cooper will come in for Beckles. He needs a good performance to kickstart his 2024. Moncur, second start in a row, and Lord, give the man a goal. The Lord's going to give anything. It's he going giveth to George. and he taketh away. Rio underscore Orient said, I think with the second air manager, Richie sees their priorities. This one is don't lose. He explains the numerous attacking options. And if we get an early goal, it could be a big win. But somehow, I think Orient might be a bit laboured and just sneak a win with one of the subs to score. Not far off there, really. Not Orient. far off. Clark XC said, Why does Ruel start? He is the worst player in this team by a country mile, question mark. Yeah, a lot of it's quite strong. Lots of criticism for Ruel over yeah. the last couple of weeks. Casey Adams, LOFC, said, Monker starting again is fully deserved. Worked his butt off on Saturday and needs a run of games to start being consistently that good. How many woes? So the match kicked off at a very wet Vale Park with the O's looking to maintain their unbeaten record in 2024 against the managerless and out-of-form Port Vale team with three losses in their last five. And they could have dropped into the relegation places, or could drop as it was at the time, if results didn't go their way. Yeah, so let's crack on. In the fourth minute, Ethan Galbraith made a vital challenge to deny Chislett a shot inside the box and Jordan Brown was covering he was there to clear the danger. Three minutes later, Theo fired a shot at goal from outside the area following a corner, but Ripley was able to make a comfortable save. 16 minutes, Jordan Brown was booked for a foul on Weir and conceded a free kick from which Ethan Chislett fired over the bar with a decent effort. Ethan Chislett seemed to be quite a... Popping up a lot. Quite a lively player. <coughs> yeah. Ripley had been there the busier of the two keepers so far and had to be alert again in the 19th minute as he got down well to deny Shaq Ford and four minutes later was in action again as he came out to deny Ford again. Yeah, so Ripley having a good game in the Valgo. Let's go to the half. Our mark and a left foot strike from Tom James. So Ripley pushed the ball out for the first Orient corner of the game. Mm-hmm. When watching the, the highlights, the commentator uh, made a point saying Orient have obviously been told to shoot from distance as they've kept doing so. Good spot there from the commentator. I must say it's been a while since I've seen a Tom James cracker. He's due one now. I think the last one I can remember was Sutton right. away last season. So... Come on, Tommy James, pull your finger out. Let's have a let's have a goal. Yeah, absolutely. He's he's long overdue one, isn't he? Um, a ball over the top uh, saw Ruel find himself in the box despite twisting and turning. He got his shot away. It was blocked by Lowe, but the ball came out to Idris, whose shot was straight into the gloves of the very grateful Ripley. I think Connor Ripley starting to ask some questions now of the Port Vale defence yeah. in the thirty seventh minute. Though a poor pass from Dan Happy to Tom James gave the ball away, which was input towards the back post and Shorrock. Fired high and over the goal for the hosts. Yeah, counter-attack three minutes later saw Ethan Galbraith get the ball deep inside our half. He found Idris, uh, who drove forward past to Theo, whose lung-busting run saw him get in the box, fire at goal. Unfortunately for him, it wasn't on target. And that is such a shame. That was a brilliant counter-attack. Um, and there were blue shirts. Like We had plenty of people in the box, perhaps you know, in the heat of the moment. He deserved to take the shot. But arguably, there were players in the box that he could have found and passed to as well. So, a bit of a shame that that didn't come to anything because that deserved it. Wrong option. But I know why he why he's shooting. I can't have a go for shooting. But if he just looks up and... Squares it. Squares it. There's like yeah. two of them waiting there. So, yeah, unlucky. There, one minute of additional time played in the first half. No further talking points as the side wins in even at the break. Yeah, 4,117 people 
suffered the uh, the weather conditions there uh, watching that. 205 of them were Leighton Orient fans, so huge, huge credit to all of you that made that trip because that wasn't a nice trip to make on a Tuesday night. Absolutely. No changes for the O's at half-time as Val got the second half underway and Chislett was in action again as he forced Sol Brin to make a save in the 50th minute with a cross shot as he looked for wear in the box. 53 minutes now, Brandon Cooper did well to win the ball, George Moncur picking up the loose ball, he drove forward, found Tom James, his first time pullback found Ruel Sotiriu in space and time, but from close range he couldn't make a golden chance count as his effort hit the underside of the bar. And as I'm reading that back, I'm kind of shaking my head, which I know is not good for a podcast because you can't see me doing that. That is so <laughs> frustrating. Like He scored a harder goal... Last week, yeah, and he and he misses a, a much easier opportunity. That should have been a goal, and I don't understand. I I just uh, despair because he'd be a great League One striker if he if he scored the easy ones as well as some of the harder ones. Like you wouldn't expect him to score some of the harder ones that he scores from the angles that he scores them at. You expect that's bread and butter. And I sound like I'm laying into him, and I really don't mean to, but it's so frustrating because I feel like I'm in a minority. Of fans who like Ruel, there is a talent in there, but for whatever reason, the easier opportunities don't click for him in his head, and he just ends up doing something that means that it's like, how have you missed that? I feel like everybody likes him. I like him. I don't think he's particularly having a good season. Mm. Which some people listening might go, well, "What do you mean he's not having a good season? He's scored, I think, seven league goals, like nine, nine in all. Com- I know it's nine in all comps, but I don't know if they're all league goals. I feel like a few might not be." However, though, he should be on 15 if he's taking those easier chances. So, yeah, should have scored that. I'm not going to sit here and tell finisher how to finish, but he'll be very disappointed that he didn't score that opportunity. Obviously, three minutes later, he had two more good chances. As Firstly, Tom James played him in. Beautiful ball, but once again, Ripley denied him. He was one possession back, and then Rowell had a cross that was straight into the hands of Ripley. Again, I think the first chance out of those two... You score, or yeah. you should score. I think the the quality players in League One scoring those, the players who get the moves to the Championship and play at a high level, ultimately score those chances. Yeah, and like at the moment, the Dion Charleses and the Sam Hoskins and the Alfie Mays and the Devante Coles, those kind of people that are you know at the top end of the scoring charts. Yeah, I guess what you can say is Whitley's like having a great game and it's saving, so his efforts are going on target somewhat. They're just not scoring. He's not blazing them over or blazing them wide. He's, no. just, he's just not hitting the area of the goal. Where the keeper isn't. The keeper isn't, yeah. So Simple, isn't it? Physics. Yeah, at that point, I think, you know, we've started to get a few tweets about people's frustrations with Real, but still early doors in the game and still more opportunities to come. Yeah, but fear not. Our pressure finally paid off just shy of the hour mark after some patient play. Tom James playing another delightful through ball through the home defence. This time into the path of history, Elmazun. If you see that, it's in the highlights, obviously. Yeah. Um, the build up to that, absolutely beautiful. He Idris was one v one with Ripley, made no mistake as he slotted the ball into the far post um, to put the O's one 0 ahead with his first contribution of a goal this season. I mean, yes, he's done very well, Idris. Take nothing away from that. But Tom James's vision to first time pass, side foot, cushion the ball straight through. To see that, that vision was absolutely brilliant. And well done, obviously, Idris for, for the finish. But yeah, just a great goal all round. Great yeah. pass from Tom James. I think Idris takes it really well. Let's the ball run across him and just beautifully places it yeah. into the far corner against the keeper who was having a great game. So yeah, great goal all round. Good to see Idris get off the mark for the season. All right, let's get ahead to the 70th minute in the first O subs as Rob Hunt came on for George Moncur and Oli O'Neill came on to replace Shaq Ford with Hunt going to right back, Galbraith going into midfield and Theo Archibald going on to the right, with O'Neill going on to the left. Indeed, Theo Archibald was booked for descent in the 73rd minute. Of course he Not was. Of course he was. He unfortunately, though, went down in the 78th minute and was unable to continue. So 10 more years, 10 more years, Darren Prattley replaced him as our third sub of the game. Yeah, indeed. 84 minutes now, and Ripley denied Ruel Soturio again in a 1v1 after Idris played him through. His shot was again saved by Ripley as Ruel tried to do too much by taking the ball past him. I think a confidence too just thinks that over the keeper and thinks nothing of it. Yeah. He gets a goal. I think at that right. moment in time he's overthinking it too much and maybe things are playing on his mind. Good save again no from Ripley. Two minutes later, a long ball over the top from Brandon Cooper found Ollie O'Neill. He drove forward and fired across goal looking for Ruel. 
but went behind him and the danger was gone. Yeah, I think he should have had a shot there. I think the amount, amount of chances we've had here, we should be at least three or four goals up. I think a lot of fans was getting a bit squeaky bum time, seeing it a lot. Obviously, missing chance and you only need one chance, obviously, yeah. to score in and for the children listening, Steve's just saying that they're getting a bit nervous. Uh, 87 minute final, Orient sub, as Joe Pickett came on for El Sotiriu. Yeah, seven minutes of additional time went up. And in the second minute, Idris beat the offside trap after Oli O'Neill's shot deflected to him. But Ripley, who was having arguably the game of his life, <laughs> saved his effort from the corner. He certainly corner. did. The late scare in the sixth minute of added time, Solbrin was forced to make a save as Wilson drove forward, got his shot away, went out for a corner. And with keeper Ripley coming forward for it, which always adds a bit of drama and tension, that corner came to nothing because the cross straight into the hands of our very own Solbrin. I mean, no further very talking well. points. Did very well. The match came to a close with the O's taking home all three points back to a 10 with a wonder win as the O's unbeaten start to 2024. Continued. Yeah, obviously Rich's interview is well listened to by now, but that is on the club's social media channels. Check that out there. To move on then, the league table, that win and the three points do mean that we stay ninth in League One. We've now played 30 games. We are two-thirds-ish of the way through the season. Now we've won 12 of those. We've drawn nine and we've only lost nine now. Uh, goal difference is balanced out at zero and we have accumulated 45 points. Certainly have. So, Bill Lejande, what were your views at 10pm uh, Tuesday? Yeah, evening? well, I, I bought the stream. I watched I watched the game. I mean, I think we should have been three or four up. I, I've said it a moment ago. We we made it look a little bit more like hard work. You yeah. know, if Ruel's a bit more clinical on one or two of those shots, we you know, we're at least two or three up uh, in that time. Uh, I'm frustrated for him. I'm sure he obviously wants the glory, but it's just whatever is in his mind. It's just overthinking. It's probably the absolutely yeah. accurate spot on point there. Superb for Idris. Superb from from Tom James. We've picked up a clean sheet. The unbeaten run continues, and we really have our left our inconsistent form in 2023. Yeah. You know, we really are being consistent. We're winning with a you know a hard working one nil win really, which like I said, probably a bit harder than it needed to be. Stephen is lost at home, which means the gap to the final playoff point at this point in time was just seven points. Yeah, everyone, everyone was kind of looking at Stephen Yeah, we're, we're looking up now, not down, which a month, uh, well, not a month, five, five, five weeks ago, so seven or eight games ago, we weren't, we weren't in that position. Um, so it's, it's such a turnaround it's like, that's why football is such a strange sport because you can be one minute looking down the barrel of a gun and thinking blimey we're only three yeah. points above relegation and now we're looking at seven points off playoffs I mean like Richie and, and the late great Justin Edinburgh once said yeah, never get high with the highs or low with the lows Absolutely, football will even itself out over the course of the season Why be where man. you're meant to be yeah absolutely Yours? yeah I mean look go to Stoke on a Tuesday night and win it in the rain against the team out of form that's all you can ask for really I think there were probably lots of big performances all over the pitch which was great to see I think Idris I think we mentioned him on the podcast over the last couple of weeks huge player for us no coincidence again his form coincides with our surge up the table took his goal beautifully well and defensively solid like another clean sheet like Bryn hasn't had to make many saves in that one like no. most of the chances have been saved by Ripley I haven't had to mention too many from Bryn and again don't want to pick on Morel, but he's got to take some of those chances. We can sit here and laugh about it because we win the game 1-0, but yeah, if we're 1-0 right. down and he's missing those chances or if he gets a chance at the last minute and doesn't take it and we draw instead of win, we'll sit in here kind of holding our heads more and there would have been a much bigger reaction. So at some point, those misses will cost us. But mm. thankfully, it wasn't on Tuesday night. Only negative that one's Theo going off injured. And with the way football is nowadays, you never know the extent of someone's injury because you don't want to let the opposition know what's going on. So... I think at that point you saw Royal go, you saw um, Fiore go off, and you think, well, I hope that isn't too bad because we haven't got the strongest of squads at the moment given the injuries we've got. Mm. But look, two wins with Wellings not in the dugout. I think it's also worth making a point. Very impressive. Obviously, he had a three-game ban. Beat Carlisle, which was difficult. Mm. Beat Port Bell, which was difficult. So well done to Paul Terry and Matt Harold. I think all in all, apart from Fiore's injury, he couldn't have gone much better. Got the three points, got the win, got the clean sheet. So you at that point, that's all you, that's all you, that's all you right. want. The only thing I would add is that obviously if Ruel would have scored one or two of his chances, our goal difference Absolutely. would have moved into positive. Yeah. And that could be a game changer come the end of the season because that's another point that a club would need or put us potentially closer to. But ifs, buts and maybes. So we had a lot <laughs> of feedback after this match. So thanks to everyone who sent their views into our social media accounts. And again, just because we read these, it doesn't necessarily mean that we agree with them. Tommy Atkinson, six, kicks us off this week. Says, great display, really dominant throughout, although Port Vale didn't offer much. All round, it was a decent game. A good three points. 
Uh, up the mighty O's one minor criticism Ruel needs glasses uh, Matty LFC Evans said well that's answered the age old question of can this team win on a cold windy night in Stoke the unbeaten run continues the next test will be sterner I fear but we're playing like a team who are pushing for more than a mid-table me- mediocrity Joe Jessner 16 said I challenge anyone to pick a more complete midfield performance than Idris today felt like he didn't miss a tackle lose the ball at all plus a goal, and should have been an assist too to boot. Yeah, great point. Daniel underscore D44 said, we thoroughly deserved that. In truth, we probably should have won by more, but another stunning performance from Idris, but happy, Brown, Galbraith, Moncur and James, all superb as well. Yeah, D. Rolf Doyle said, uh, they never looked like scoring, thought Cooper was brilliant despite not playing for a while, would have loved to see either new boy come on, only negative is that we should have scored more. Yeah, real CJ Fleck. I love this tweet. Saying... I'm not saying I'm booking flights for certain May dates, but I'm quietly looking at my schedule. Very good. <laughs> Great tweet. Very good. Um, Richie J. Bourne said it was another win, but that really should have been by a bigger margin. Not clinical enough in front of goal. And to be fair, uh, it was only in the final two or three minutes that we looked a little bit stretched. Keep picking up the points so we can look up and not down. Yeah, good point. Emma Sorian, that's a brilliant performance from everyone tonight. Sets up a real tasty encounter with Barnsley this coming Saturday. Football was outstanding from start to finish. Keep the form going. Keep the performances consistent. That's consistency is the key. Derby 507 said, What a great performance. Should have won 5-0. Idris was a class above, but special praise has to go to Happy and Cooper, who were impregnable. Great cameo performance by Hunt at the end, and the O's go marching on, on, on. It's good to see a lot of praise for the centre-backs, obviously. When you're talking Absolutely. about chances you create, you're not really talking about your Coopers and happies really no. so it's good to see them getting lots yeah. of call outs as well Carlos East 18 said this is getting interesting what a contrast to the early part of the season some excellent performances again tonight all the back five Galbraith man of the match Cooper on his first start for a while Brins Hanning at the end goal difference is zero at last D John's 1988 said what a run the difference of not having to play with that pressure that was apparent pre-Christmas when they looked knackered rejuvenated and playing freely a completely different side that deserves its place in the top half just imagine this side with Aggie and Graham great point very good point imagine that would be so dangerous hopefully Theo Aggie Graham Piggott <laughs> you had to ruin it you had to ruin it just kidding Joe yeah I love you Joe Paul stays 86 is glad we got the win keeps the momentum <coughs> But why have three forwards on the bench? But also, why not give these youngsters a chance? When Ruel came off, we had the chance to have another quick play up top to pressure their mistakes at the back. Jeff D. Graves said, special shout out to Moncur. No one's mentioned George yeah. in these tweets. Had his critics this season, but showed his quality tonight. The unbeaten run continues. Un, un, um, uh, yeah, I can't think of the word I wanted to use, but not being overlooked. Overlooked, which is a bit of a shame because he had done well. Yeah, and done, he did well last week as well. Done very, very well. I think it's probably the expectation people have of Moncur, maybe unfairly or fairly, is that he's always going to play well and, and get himself involved in the game. But yeah, good yeah. point there. But not really many tweets of Moncur, though. He did have a decent game. All right, final word on Port Vale goes to Boatsy. Says, I can't remember the last away game that, that was this comfortable. Great goal, Eddie. Only negative for me is that we didn't make it even more comfortable by Ruel taking his chances. Mm. The positive. Unbeaten run continues and seven points from the playoffs. Do we dare to dream? So that was a selection of the views that came into our social media accounts. Um, And we're going to move on now with the prediction league. So few people correctly predicted this. D. Rolf Doyle, Rio underscore Orient, Paul Gregory, LOFC Teresa, Eastside Orient, all correctly predicted 1-0, so all get three points. No one correctly predicted uh, the scorer, and we'll do a top of the prediction league table roundup at the end of this episode. We certainly will. Also on Tuesday, the youth team were in action at Brisbane Road as they faced Arsenal, uh, which is a decent um, tie, actually, to be fair. So, obviously not in the same league as Arsenal, so I presume that was a friendly. After holding the visitors for the first 69 minutes, which was probably a decent feat in itself, we fell behind... And then conceded two late goals as the visitors ran out 3-0 winners at the end. Unlucky young O's. Arsenal, obviously quite famous for having a very, very good youth set-up. Got some great players there. I dare say probably Edwards would have played in that had he not been on loan um, with us. Oh yeah, good point. You know, unlucky young O's. Hopefully go again. Beat the Arsenal one day. Absolutely. But that's the test of 
where they Absolutely, kind of need, yeah. need to need to be getting to. Wednesday the 7th of February, Richie Wellens was nominated for the League One Manager of the Month for January. Dan Aggie was also nominated as the League One Player of the Month for January. So we wish them all the best. Yeah, when I saw those kind of nominations, I thought we might be having a double celebration at Yo's later in the week. Yeah. Obviously, news will follow on that. Also, well done to Dan Aggie, is he was nominated for the PFA League One Fans Player of the Month Award for January. So that's a public vote. That one's slightly different. Public vote on that one. I think the vote ends either Monday night or Tuesday night. So the winner will be announced this week. Fingers crossed for Dan. I feel like a public vote is going to go to whoever got the biggest, biggest fan base yeah. and there's bigger club. Popularity contest. So I imagine he won't win that, but fingers crossed he does. Indeed. Thursday the 8th of February, quiet day, no news to report, so we'll move on to Friday the 9th. Yeah, always nice when you wake up at half six in the morning to find out mm. that Super Richie Wellens is named manager of the month, so well done as he won his award. Dan Adji just missed out on player of the month award, which I think went to Chris Martin of uh, Coldplay and Bristol Rovers. <laughs> yeah, Bristol Rovers. Uh, <laughs> but well done, Richie, and again, really nice words from Richie that says, you know, it's not all about me, it's about my staff and the picture of all the staff, which is absolutely what he should be saying, so always good to see that. Indeed. So let's move on then to Saturday the 10th of February. The main event of the day was obviously Barnsley away. And on the Thursday night, we start a Twitter poll to find out how you think we'd get on in this game. We had 350 votes in this one and 19% of you thought we'd lose. 34% thought we'd win, but 47% thought we'd end up with a draw. So close in so many ways. Well, our confident fan base, only 19% thinking we would go away to fifth place Barnsley and lose. How the tables that's have eight, turned. So that's 81% of that 350 <laughs> thought we'd, we wouldn't lose that game. Love it. I love the confidence. Amazing, isn't it? All right, the team was announced at 2 o'clock as follows. With Sol Brinton and Goal at the back, Ethan Garbraith, Omar Beckles, Dan Happy and Tom James, with Idris El Mazzouni, Jordan Brown and George Munker, Ollie O'Neill, Shaq Ford and Ralph Sotiri making up the 11. On the bench, we had Howes, Piggott, Cooper, Prattley, Hunt, Adua J. And Edwards. Yeah, that start in 11 saw two changes as Beckles replaced Cooper. O'Neill made his first start in place of the injured Theo Archibald, who didn't even make the match day squad. Yeah, I guess for me, probably as expected. So uh, Cooper considered himself unlucky. I agree. I thought Cooper might retain his place, but obviously Beckles being managed for fitness, so comes in. And I think Beckles' experience probably pays dividends there, going off to a big, big... Club, so I think the coolness and calmness of even of Omar Beckles probably gets him in there ahead of Brandon Cooper. So get that one. Shame for Theo to not even make the bench. And again, no one's any of the wiser about Theo. Again, we'll cover Richie's post match, but again, for some reason, they didn't ask him about Theo. I don't know about specifically. No, he asked about the injured players, but I don't think did he get anything back on Theo. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Hope Theo's okay, but look, massive opportunity for Ali O'Neill. Done very well in his two cameo sub appearances against Reading um, and Carlisle, and had a bit to play against Port Vale. So that's what he's here for, right? That's what he's here to do play football. Shown he could do it. So, massive opportunity for Eddie O'Neill on this one. Absolutely right. For me, a strong, pretty consistent side. I, th- I agree with you. Cooper will feel a bit hard done by, um, but Richie's gone with the experienced head in that back line, the one that's kept you know, clean sheets and, and has been fundamental in that. Um, in that unbeaten run. Yeah, shame that Theo's not even made the bench, but hope O'Neill can really show us what he's about. That was my thoughts before the game. Obviously, I don't think uh, O'Neill let himself down in any way, shape or form either, having uh, had the game played out now. So we had quite a few tweets that came in off the back of this. We certainly did. Les OK, 52. So Archibald, huge miss. Let's pray. It's nothing major. Yeah, there are a couple like that as well. LFC Theresa said, hoping Theo's injury isn't too serious. James O'Hagan said, surprise Cooper got dropped given his performance on Tuesday. Hope the lone lads feature at some point. Ruel needs to go on his usual back end of the season scoring spree sooner rather than later. Gorillas1985 said Archibald will be a big miss, but O'Neill deserves a chance to start. I hope the youngsters come on before Pigger if we need to change things up. Lenchin Chin won. said Barnsley strengthened their defence in January and maybe the toughest team the O's will face. Previous encounter was one all, but an improved team O's should give a creditable performance and have a chance to win. Must be diligent, defend well, and clinical attacking play in their box. Very, very... Uh, Thought, thoughtful. thoughtful absolutely yeah. yeah absolutely so the O stepped out at Oakwell for the first time since December 2014 when we lost 2-0 under the previous ownership but looking to continue our unbeaten start to 2024 having not won at Barnsley since the 20th of September 1969 in League Division 3 that's well before our time with the hosts currently in 5th place 
in League One. Yeah, all to play for. Let's do it in the fifth minute. Shaq Ford wins on a run after picking up the ball inside the Barnsley half. He strode for the middle of the pitch and his shot was held by Roberts from 20 yards out. A minute later, the host went close as a long throw was flicked on to Devante Cole. He connected with a scissor kick, but Sol Brin made a superb save to deny him. Good save there, Brinny lad. Good save. Another long throw in for the host followed in the eighth minute. This time it was the other side of the pitch as the ball fell to Connell on the edge of the area and his effort went just wild of the post. Tenth minute now, so a bit of act- a bit, quite an active first ten minutes here. The O's took the lead. In the 10th minute, Dan Happy played a long ball. Ollie O'Neill was able to get the ball to George Monker out on the left. He drove forward, glided past Williams, cut the ball back centrally for Ruel Soteria, who gave Roberts no chance with a finish. First time finish from close range to make it 1 0 to the O's. Great goal. Lovely goal. I've got to say, well done to Monker. Lovely guiding around against his former club, Barnsley, obviously. Lovely finish from uh, Ruel Soteria. Probably much harder than some of the ones he missed on Tuesday night. Correct. That's, and that's the frustrating <laughs> thing about it. That really is the frustrating thing about it. That was a great team effort. Really good goal. Dan Happy can really pass the ball with such accuracy. It's, it's beautiful to watch. Well, I think they all done well. I think O'Neill puts his head in. He could easily get a boot in the head. So I think well done to O'Neill for the bravery there. Obviously, that won't get picked up on by many people because Monco obviously just takes the ball and runs forward with it. But yeah, I think that would be massive for Rell's confidence as well. You know, let's not beat around the bush. He's missed yeah. a hatful of chances on Tuesday. Would have known the fans would be on his back. Mm. Um, and needed that goal so early in that game as well. So, yeah, and at that point, you know, with ten minutes gone, and you're looking at other scores, going bloody hell, we went up to this could be point. this could be a really massive day if we yeah. get a result here. Very exciting times. All right, let's see if we can continue it. Unfortunately, three minutes later, Dan Happy went down injured and had to be replaced by Brandon Cooper. And I guess on the flip side, so we'll talk about post match. We've gone from having four centre backs, all fit and available, about two weeks ago, to now having two. Centre-backs, with them both as it stands on the pitch now. Yep. With Happy going off, obviously, we don't know the extent of Happy's injury. Hopefully that isn't too bad, although Richie does cover it post-match slightly. But from having turned, Cooper, Beckles and Happy, all fit and available, this time two and a half weeks ago, we've now That's got... exactly what I said. Are coming back from injury, Omar Beckles yeah. and Brandon Cooper. Exactly what I said a couple of weeks ago, that I hope we're not in a position where suddenly Cooper, where, where Beckles yeah. and... Beckles and Happy suddenly go down injured. You've only got one one fit centre back. It's football. It's football for you. Yeah, it's it's not <laughs> a nice thing. Um, so nice build up from the host in the twentieth minute. Saw the ball pulled back to Kane on the edge of the box, but Sol Brin got down well to save his effort at the near post. I think it's fair to say Brin busy with the keepers. Yeah, having a good game at this point. Twenty first minute, Barnes went close again through Devante Cole, who got away on the left hand side of the box. He had an effort from a tight angle from which Sol Brin had to make. Another good save. So they were coming at us. It wasn't, you know, kind of us pressuring them. They were looking for the equaliser. Absolutely. 23 minutes now. It's been an action-packed first 20. It has. Uh, to be fair. Another long throw caused chaos in the area. First he fell to McAtee, whose goal-bound effort was blocked before Phillips tried his luck. Saw his shot blocked as we were defending really resolutely. We certainly were, but nothing to talk about, thankfully, until the 40th minute. As a nudge on the ball from Ole O'Neill set Idris El Mazzuni away. But Roberts was able to gather his cross as it went into the area. Three additional minutes were played in the final third. Cole forced a good, uh, a good stop from Solbrin with a curling effort with the rebound falling to Phillips, but his weak effort saw Tom James perfectly able to clear the ball. Yeah, he certainly did. No further talking points. The referee brought the half to a close with the O's taking a slender 1-0 lead into the break at Oakwell. Indeed, 12,370 packed into Barnes' stadium, which is a decent effort. We believe there were 652 Hardy away fans, which is asking a lot, considering that at least a third of that was probably um, at, at Port Vale on Tuesday night. So it's a lot of travelling, though. It's well played. Yeah, well done. That is, a, again, another long journey up to Yorkshire to go and watch the mighty O's. Right, second half kicked off with no subs for the O's. And in the 53rd minute, Russell Terry picked up a knock and he had to be replaced by Joe Pickett. So obviously there's a lot of feedback on this. Obviously you can't help injuries, but you can help who you bring on. Obviously Joe Pickett comes on. We'll obviously speak about Pickett in post-match. There's a lot of tweets around Pickett yeah. with this one. Yeah, but it's an opportunity for him to showcase what he can do because it's pretty much he's got 40-odd minutes of a game here. There's no reason why he can't get in early and, and really show what he can do. His last league goal, funnily enough, was against Barnsley. Back in October. Back in October from the penalty spot when we wore the white kit at home. Which was a good penalty to be fair, but that was a long, long time ago. Mm. 
It's a long time. It's a long time in football as well. But again, we're sitting here three weeks ago, right? And Adji was number nine. And we're all sitting here going, this is amazing. Adji's knocking him in for fun. And Adji picks up or not. Yeah. And it's a two and he gets a chance at a nine. And you go, okay, this is a two chance to sign. Shine. And he didn't do too bad to be fair. Scored against Carlisle, Mr. Hatfall against Port Val. Port Val scores against Barnsley. Actually, you go, Royal's got two and three. That's not actually too bad. Now he's picked up or not. And it's, the, it's, it's the curse of the number nine spot, isn't it? It is, it is. <laughs> but again, you, unless you've got a, a crystal ball, you're, you, can't, you can't prepare for these things. No. Although you will say, I'm more confident in the centre-forward pairing because we've now got two kids on the bench who at some point have to get on the pitch because if you're not going to put them on the pitch, then why, why even take them? Why put them on the bench? As a loan, exactly, as a loan signing, right? So I guess we're more prepped for this kind of forward Injury list than what we are for the centre back injury list. But also, it's their first loan away from the under 23s. They have to be managed carefully. You can't just throw them into a game, particularly one that's probably as hard as that. I dare say, if we're 3 0 up against Northampton, you might give them 10 15 (laughs) minutes at at, at the end because throw a young man into something like that and it doesn't go well, it can really set them back mentally and the confidence can be knocked. So, I get where you're coming from. Like, we need to see these players, but it has to be managed carefully because you could end up doing more harm than good. Possibly, but I feel like, and again, maybe one for post-match, but Edwards in particular, I'll go with Edwards because he's been on the bench more than what Adu Ajay is. He's now been on the bench third time, Three, yeah. fourth time. Yeah. He's been at the club a week and a half. Arsenal Youth Academy, so he's not come from like a, a ghetto or like some sh- shoddy club like where he's had to make a step up and adjust. If anything, he's taken a step down in terms of training facilities. Yeah. And everywhere else comes to Orient. So he, I don't think it would have phased him. I really don't. And I think I mentioned it last week when Piggott came on, like in the 85th minute. Like, why not bring on the kid who's a bit fearless? Mm. Nothing to prove. Mm. Nothing nothing to no hold him back. Mm. No fear. Who gets to play at, Bar- at Barnsley. <laughs> and yeah, he could have had, you know, in an alternate universe, he might have come on yesterday and had an absolute shocker. And then we're sitting here going, why didn't one has been Piggott on? Yeah. But the fact that Piggott did come on, and didn't do anything, and you've got these two hungry kids on the bench. You're like, well, you've signed them. You're gonna have to give them a chance at some point. Yeah. You know, at what point then does it become a risk to put them on? I dare say we might be losing two and at home to Northampton. Let's just say we're we're always out on Tuesday night, which he might well be. Pickett plays. Yeah. Gets to seventy minutes. It's a Tuesday night. It's cold. Whole Brisbane Road. Everyone's like, oh, don't really want to be here. Which which could happen potentially. And then you've got to put them on with 20 minutes left when you're losing two and at home and chasing again. Yeah. I know, I know which situation I'd rather put them in on. Yeah. So, again, without having a crystal ball, it's hard to say. I know I know why Pickett came on, but at the same time, I was a little bit like, oh, I would really like to see Edwards in particular going around at the lads. And if it didn't go for him, then, you know, you give Adu, Adji a shot in the next one. Mm. I don't think you're going to see those two players on the pitch at the same time. Mm. So I think to give one a, a chance, for me, would have been, definitely would have been an option. Now maybe it was an option and Terry and Harold and Wellens were all discussing it and going, actually we think this is more suited to pick it given the size of the game and the ground and the attributes. I guess the attributes of the centre-backs. But I just thought it was maybe a bit of a wasted opportunity. But that's easy for me to say that sitting here knowing what happened. Yeah, with the high the time whistle. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, let's move on then. Let's We've already it. had two enforced changes. We're, so We're not going to talk about Joe Piggott at all because he does nothing. <laughs> like, without saying harsh, like, it, I don't think he's going to be mentioning any highlights apart from a booking, I think, that he gets like, yeah. right on. Okay. We made a double <laughs> sub uh, in the 63rd minute. Darren Prattley and Rob Hunt came on for Shaq Ford and George Monker. Yeah, so again, I, I guess with those, that's quite, I guess, common sense in terms of Richie's having to manage those players. Yeah, yeah 60. Fourth minute, Ethan Galbraith broke away, slid a ball through to Ollie O'Neill, whose shot was blocked. And a minute later, a ball by O'Keefe on the right, found Cosgrove in the area. His cross took at Omar Beckles and his header was into the ground, but easily saved by Sol Brinton. Goal. 71 minutes now, Rob Hunt made a vital interception to deflect a Cadden cross away for a corner, which came, which Cosgrove ended up heading wide. I guess at this point you're probably thinking, come on, like we seem like fairly comfortable here. Yeah. Like, Brent's not really having too much work to do. Yeah. You're looking at the table and you're going, oh, look at us. Some of these results are going our way, like Blackpool not to losing. Yeah, it's hard not to get carried away. 74th yeah. minute, Barnsley pushing for an equaliser and Connell stung the palms of Brent, who turned the ball away for a corner. And then from which Cole forced another smart stop from Solbrin at his near post. So Bryn's still having to be very mm. alert. The pressure's still on. 
Barnsley won a free kick in a dangerous position in the 78th minute, but Phillips thankfully fired over the bar. He did, and in the 87th minute, as the A's were looking to close the game out, Ethan Galbraith picked up a booking, again, nearly booking, as he kicked the ball away. And again, at this point, you're thinking, right, three minutes left, come on, almost Just hold there. on. But unfortunately, a minute later, oh. the host equalised. A long ball by Mayo landed on the head of Phillips, who beat Solber into the ball to nod it into the net to make it one all. That is Route 1 football. <laughs> Sunday League, eat your heart out and we've been undone by it. After all those amazing saves Bryn's made, Bryn's made about six or seven saves that you go, okay, fair play Bryn, you've done amazingly there. To concede a goal like that is just so, like sitting here now, like my head is in my hands, like it's just, a, it's just an absolute nothing ball over the top that you'll see like a hundred times in a match and 99 times out of a hundred, it's just going straight into the keeper's arms. But Phillips takes the gamble, beats Bryn to it, who's never getting there, and an easy goal, and you're just thinking, oh my God, what have we done? But mm. then on the flip side, you're thinking, all right, a point might not be so bad. But yeah, terrible goal to concede, really disappointing. Yeah, totally agree. We switched off, poor defending. You're going to blame Bryn? Probably not, because it probably shouldn't have got that far. We should have had a defender dealing with that, but what do I know? Um, 89 minutes on the clock now. Connell was sent off for Barnsley as he picked up his second yellow after he was booked for moaning at the ref about how long we were taking to restart the game. What a bizarre situation that was. Love that. I think it's brilliant. So like, <laughs> you're sitting there going, oh, they're, gonna, they're obviously going to come at us now and the crowd are going to be behind them and they're going to go for it. And you see their man's been sent off and you're like, that is an absolute touch. Like We haven't had to do anything to get that man sent off. He just got himself sent off. Sent which, off. He'll, which he'll be fine for, no doubt, because that was just senseless, needless. Oh, ridiculous. Yeah. How have we got the ref to try and hurry up the game? Like, what, what are you doing? But, you know, easy for me to say I'm not a Barnsley fan. An additional seven minutes that went up on the board in the first minute. Joe Piggott picked up a booking, <laughs> as did Ollie O'Neill in the 94th minute. But a minute later, unfortunately, the winner went to Barnsley after a free kick was put in the box by O'Keefe from the right-hand side. Phillips was unmarked to turn the ball home from close range for his second of the game. Who's oh, not marking him? Shocking. How is he free on his own? Not There's two of them. player nearby. There's two of them. Not close enough. That is such a poor goal to concede. Oh. So after you've done all that hard work, we should be walking away, really, with all three points because they are two crap goals to concede. Very poor. I mean, you go, right, decent delivery into the box there um, from O'Keefe, but me, me or you could have been standing there and we still probably would have scored it. Well, yeah. Maybe we wouldn't, actually, to be fair, given our football inability, but you can't leave two players like alone and Phillips literally scored two goals all season doubles his goal tally for the season yeah <laughs> need, need a booster play your in uh, I mean that Shocking. felt that felt real kick in the guts that was yeah I mean yeah real, it was it was there's no kind of getting around that like watching like what it is. Sky Sports Saturday that's all 16.55 really yeah. really poor goal to concede obviously no time to respond to that at all and no further action to talk about as referee brought the game to a close as the O's were defeated for the first time in 2024 with a 2-1 loss at Barnsley. So, Richie Wendons was talking today, Victor, <coughs> after the match. Thank you to Dave, as always, for sending his interview after. And here's what Richie Wendons had to say post-match to Dave, Victor. Richie, thanks for joining us. It was a cool way to end the unbeaten run. I imagine disappointed with both goals. Well, it's not cruel when you sit, sit deep and invite teams on. Um, I think first... 20 minutes half an hour, we were very good, got one up, and every time we attacked, we looked a real threat. And then didn't play with, didn't play with enough bravery to, to, to pass the ball. Um, didn't play with enough bravery to switch the ball, everything that we wanted to do. Um, and the accumulation of not being brave enough and fatigue, um, especially the last 10, 15 minutes, has, has cost us a game. And I don't think we can be good to them. I think they deserve to, get, to win the game because... The pressure was building. Our game management was really, really poor. Um, and you, if you allow teams like this to build momentum and then momentum on top and keep, and you never break it, then unfortunately you're going to pay the pay the price. And you know, gutted that you know we could have held on for a point, especially down to ten men. But but we got they got down to ten men and we're still playing long and, and turn it into a fight ball game. Um, yeah, so overall not good enough but congratulations to the team and an unbelievable run we're disappointed he's ending today but I do think that a couple of we need to get braver to, to pass the ball um, and 
and especially when you're fatigued, take less touches and stay in a good position. Um, but again, I think you know it's difficult because in the end, the subs have cost us. I'd rather them score and go one-one, and then we have to make the changes. But um, there's probably three and four changes today. Can we talk about those injuries? Let's start with Dan Happy. How significant is that? Hamstring, we don't know. He's pulled his hamstring, so we don't know. But again, it's, it's hard because we've not got the biggest squads anyway, and, and, and most teams at this level, apart from the, the big clubs at the top, and we go from a schedule where in January it's pretty light, playing four games, and all of a sudden now it's Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday. So you, listen, I'm experienced enough to that. I know he's coming. And when you can't manage a player, it's really, really difficult to ask players to go Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday. So he's pulled his hamstring. We think Ruel has got a problem with his hamstring. Um, obviously, Monks hasn't played much. Fair play to Ollie O'Neill because he stayed out there longer than he should. Shaq's a young kid who's played a lot of, lot of minutes. Um, but again, listen, that's just a, it's not an excuse, it is a fact. But we needed to be braver on the ball. We, I mean, second half, we had very few attacks. When we counter attack, we slowed it down. And very few, few switches of play and, and very few opportunities to dominate the ball, which we're really good at. I don't know how much possession they had, 65%, but that would be the, the highest a team has had against us for a long, long time. So that was part of what uh, Richie had to say today, Victor. The full interview is on YouTube and the club's uh, website. So thank you to Dave for sending that over. So that loss, unfortunately, means the O's stay in ninth place, having played 31-1-12, drawn nine, lost 10. Goal difference now minus one as we sit on 45 points. So, Bearded Lejande, your views on the defeat away to Barnsley? Well, look, all good things come to an end. <laughs> Unfortunately, they came to an end for us yesterday against Barnsley. Both goals were preventable, yep. significantly pre- preventable. Uh, players switching off, letting their man go. First goal was like obviously proper Route 1 football. I've never, never thought I'd say that against us and, and, and you know seeing a, a Barnsley side do that. Losing to a top side like Barnsley, though, is no shame. You know they are probably one of the biggest, one of the biggest yep. budgets in the league. Um, it, you know they celebrate. If you look how hard they celebrated that winner, it's like they won the Champions League. So it clearly meant a lot to yep. them. And and I take comfort from that because we were probably one of the better sides that they must have played um, over recent time. Um, we have a game Tuesday night. We put this behind us, thick and fast. They're coming now, so there's no time to sit and dwell on this. Um, and I, I, I will say, I'm not usually one to sort of pick out on things, but I couldn't believe what I was reading on Saturday night. A couple of fans saying that the, the board should sell up and, and move us on to someone who, you know, or, or group of people who have deeper pockets. Like, I honestly think it's shocking, given our most recent troubles, how flippant people can be about our situation. Like, we've been in League One f- for six months now. Like we're doing all right. Like we don't have to go up this season. Yes, if we could go up, we would. Rich is working with you know the tools that he's been given with. He's working wonders, miracle man, some might say. But actually, we've signed some technically really gifted players that just needed to be fine tuned and and coached. And that's what he's done with the likes of Browns and Galbraiths and El Mazunis, and yet the experienced heads of Beckles and the practice coming in. But these fans are honestly that are going around saying like sell up, get out now, this that kind of attitude. Like you're entitled to your opinion, for period. Everyone is. But come on, like we've lost one game in seven. I don't see this as like the mountain of the molehill here that we need to be climbing and, and really going hell for leather for. It's utterly ridiculous. I'm fine with where we're at right now. I'm fine with where we're going and I'm fine with the processes that we have in place to evolve the squad come the summer. There are several players out of contract. Whether they renew or not is a different story, but I trust that if Richie's still at the helm, well, I trust that Richie's still at the helm come the summer um, and you know Nigel's over soon, so no doubt these sorts of conversations will be expanded on behind closed doors, obviously. And we have a summer, we have a recruitment drive, we get the right players in and, and we grow. I, I can't honestly shocked that people are saying that after a loss that, sorry mate, thanks very much for what you've done, you've been great, but jog on and, and let someone with deeper pockets come in. Absolutely mind blown. <laughs> Good point. I think I make a similar point, um, so I'll try not to kind of talk, I guess, too much about what you've said. I mean, it's a bit of a gut not to lose the way we did. Had it just been a 2-1 and, you know outplayed and outclassed you'd go alright but from two very late goals it seems um, a bit more hard to take than what should be like you said both goals easily preventable really poor defending I think we've done enough there for at least a point but that's football for you got to say now a few injury worries 
starting to build up and the squad starting to be tested. Obviously, we mentioned losing Happy, so only having two fit centre-backs. Lost Royal, who wasn't the first choice nine anyway, like Adji was, so you've lost your first two choice nine, so pick it in. Add that in addition to Archibald, who, again, we don't know how long Archibald is out for, very creative player for us. Not to mention Adji, like we've mentioned, who's long-term, and Graham, who's long-term. Squad's been brought down to its bare bones a little bit, but, you know, can't believe, I guess, like you, what some people are coming out with on social media. If anyone can find uh, an uber millionaire who supports Orient, who's happy to lose four million quid a year, give him our number, because um, I ain't aware of too many people wanting to do that, or too many businessmen who've got money to burn at a League One football club. So if anyone does have anyone who's got uh, deeper pockets than Nigel and Kent, please feel free to... um give him our email address and we'll put him in contact with Nigel Kent to get negotiations going because um, yeah I, I don't I don't really get it whether you think the board have let down Richie by not backing him enough with money or whether you just think that honestly believe someone else could be doing a better job uh, than Nigel and Kent I guess everyone is entitled to own opinions but I, I don't agree with some of the stuff I was seeing but yeah, you know we're an inclusive podcast everyone's got a right to an opinion and, and we will air 99% of those opinions yeah cool uh, if they don't get too personal I, th- I think you'd argue that you know like Richie said in his post-match interview that caused a bit of a meltdown including with you know arguably with us as well that the transfer winner we've let Ed Turns go we don't have cover now because Happy is injured return date unknown um, Omar Beckles um, was injured hopefully he's not suffering here Dan Happy Oh, sorry, I just said that happy. So two out of our three defenders, yep. arguably, one's injured and one's possibly carrying a knock. You'd imagine, potentially, I'm assuming, hopefully not, but we play Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, yeah. Tuesday. You know, maybe they don't train as hard over the coming weeks. I, I don't know how you how you manage that. I've got no experience of that, but Keaton will know exactly what they need to do. Um, but it's, you know, what do you do now? Is Jordan Brown going to have to go back as centre-back? Will Darren Prattley do that? You square peg in, square pegs in round holes now. Yeah. So it's not ideal. Not and ideal. It, and it will cause frustration. It will mean that where these players have been more potent, i.e. Jordan Brown in midfield, rather than at right back or centre back, you lose that potency, which drains your 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 ability to really impact games in a more meaningful way. Yeah, like well Richie kind of said Dan's put down his hamstring, so I think it's very doubtful we see Dan this Tuesday or Saturday. So you I imagine bet, it's yeah. it's Cooper Beckles as a centre back pairing, hopefully they're both alright and they're both gonna have to do Probably both gonna have to play ninety minutes. Yeah, you know, barring them getting injured themselves. So I guess we'll see see what happens with that one. Yeah. Um, all right, lots of views after this one, as you can imagine, when that full time whistle went at four forty five yesterday. Magic underscore Johns said every time we've been on Piggott, a whole game changes, and for the worst, we become slow, ponderous, with no out ball. Should have just gone for one of the loanees. Yeah, Hob Jim seven one zero four said manager of the month curse. Brilliant tweet. Yeah, although. Whoever got the championship manager of the month won because they mentioned it on the ITV EFL Football League right. show, annoyingly. And the new Twitter handle on me, N-J-P-W-N-X-T-R-O-H. <laughs> it's got too complacent in the second half. We got punished. Eight games unbeaten. was absolute class. And we have only just returned to League One. Heads up and move on. Nice tweet. Very nice tweet. Welcome to the podcast. The occasional one said, Barnsley went down to 10 after 87 minutes, but the moment Piggott came on, we went down to 10 men. Just put one of those kids on instead. Poor Ravens 39. So the biggest concern now is how long Happy will be out for. Can't recall Thompson outside the transfer window. So if it's long term in, the club is going to have to pick up a free agent centre-back. Good point. Obviously, Thompson's on loan at um, Barnet. At Barnet. So, I mean, I wonder if he can be called back after a month. Well, Paul... Because usually there's a four four weeks you can't do anything. Yeah, I don't know. Paul doesn't seem to think so. But again, when the, that point, I guess we, did, we had five centre-backs. At one point, yeah. So and and now only got three. A good point from Paul there. Really good point. Well made. Sunshine LOFC summed it up quite nice. He said reality was we created next to nothing in the second half. However, we didn't deserve to lose that at all. The draw would have been about right. Yeah, probably right there. Yeah. Yeah. Dan Alton two five no no. So as soon as they equalised, you could see it was coming a mile off. Even despite the red card, really disappointing because Barnsley were just taking pot shots from distance and the crowd were really on their backs. Two more injuries we picked up. It's a bad day. Yeah, Alex RCO77 said, Meltdown for some fans is hilarious. We've lost one game in 2024. No wheels are falling off. Absolutely, couldn't agree more. D Ward underscore seven said that was on Richie Wennon. Simple as, terrible tactics in the second half. Played right into their hands. CLE3 underscore said, We were seeing the game out well with Bryn looking unbeatable. The subs killed us. 
Bring on the subs to provide energy, solidity and hold on to the ball. Not going to get that with those subs. They slowed us in the middle and killed our press in one fell swoop. Bad. Yeah, interesting point. Ryan Peanut said the table doesn't lie. We are exactly where we should be overall. Great run of performances comes to an end with two cheap goals. Two home games though to bounce back but running out of players. This month was always going to be hard with two games in a week. Yeah, Orient Fan TV said, players owe an apology to Bryn. Man of the match by country mile. Certainly didn't deserve to be on the losing side. Still not too disheartened as the run was going to an end going to end at some time. Game on Tuesday so we can go on another unbeaten run. Injury to Happy and Theo. A bit of a concern though. Yeah, good points there. Mark Ross 63689509. So I feel for the manager, anyone who really thinks he's happy with the transfer window and the board is nuts. We've got some great young talent but back him properly please. Actions speak louder than words and the fact that the two kids can't get on says it all. Great tweet coming up from Jake Murphy Media said concede an 88th minute and 95th minute goal with them having 10 men. Absolutely frustrated. But it shows how far we've come, losing 2-1 against Barnsley and being absolutely furious. Football's a cruel mistress at times. Brilliant tweet. I like yeah, that one. Yeah, really good tweet. I think it's probably worth mentioning. That. I, thought, I thought Barnsley were one of the best teams we've played when they came to our, to our place. Like they, if they remember, Herbie Kane scored a great goal from outside the box. Some great teamwork. They, they, they're a good team, Barnsley. Mm. And... Like you said, they go and celebrate like they've won the Champions League when they beat us with a 95th minute winner. So yeah. again, I think that's a great point about showing you how far we've come. And like the fan base thinking, only 19% thinking, out of our Twitter poll anyway, thinking that we'd lose this. It's a, it's a testament to how far we've come in those kind of, only three months away, four months away. Right. All right, underscore Ed. Hopefully, Ed, if you win, you didn't miss any goals. Uh, that's an in-joke there. So that's a hard one to take, but it was bound to happen. <laughs> By the way, we just sat back in the second half and invited them onto us. Fort O'Neill did well, as did Galbraith and Moncur. Great finish from Real for the goal. We take it on the chin and move on to Tuesday. Ed did miss all three Orient goals last week, didn't he? Because he was at the bar. He, didn't, he missed all three, didn't he? Cheer up, Ed. I'm not, sure, I'm not sure about that. You might have seen one. M8XYL said, Real shame to lose after leading for 90-odd. For Ultimately, in the end, a real promotion-chasing team showed the difference. Squad depth, energy levels and determination from Barnsley couldn't be matched. Some excellent performances. Let's hope we bounce back and keep the dream alive. Yeah, absolutely. Patrick G321 said, frustrating, but for all the people slagging off Richie for bringing on the pig, I think we have to expect that Richie knows what he's doing and has been seeing those young loanies in training for the past 10 days and doesn't fancy them yet against a top-end League One side. That's a good balance tweet, that one, Patrick. Yeah. I'll take that one on board. And, and having not read that one specifically, plays into what I said earlier about playing them in yeah. the right in the right uh, right game and that may be against Burton or Northampton this week where we're probably I don't know two or three out quite comfortable hopefully um, hopefully, yeah, hopefully I haven't put the uh, heebie-jeebies <laughs> yeah. on that um, the untold game said Oli O'Neill looked a real bright spot today no mentions of Oli O'Neill unfortunately um, yeah. but thank you the untold game for this I was sure he'd step up to men's football so quick I wasn't sure sorry that he'd step up to men's football so quickly but he was a physical presence as much as quick a quick tricky one alongside Brown Galbraith Cooper and Sanders the future's brighter at our little club great great Point. tweet yeah Kevin Cowell and penultimate tweet on this one so gutted we lost after clinging on but the best team won to those calling for Nigel and Kent to set up we finished the match with Adji, Graham, Sanders, Theo, Ruel and Happy. Six first-team players and some fans really need to have a long, hard look at themselves. I despair. Yeah, final word this week goes to Bogs Dollocks one Said, a bit of perspective here. It's our first loss in two months and that to a good team. We now have two winnable home games coming up. Richie's touchline ban is done, which is a great point. Well yeah. made. George Moncur is looking a class player again. Good, yes. a good point. Yeah. Yeah, he is, finally, looking like the player that we thought that we, yep. we should have seen yep. ages ago. Yes, injuries are a worry, especially to Happy, but we are improving. Great <coughs> end point to end yeah. the tweets with that one. So let us know if you agree or disagree <coughs> with any of the tweets we've read out. You can let us know what you're thinking by tweeting us at Orient Outlook. You can email us at orientoutlook.com. We're also on Instagram at orient underscore outlook underscore podcast. And you can find us on Facebook as well under Orient Outlook Podcast. You absolutely can. So Prediction League, quite a few of you correctly predicted Barnsley would win that 2-1, you cynical bunch. But Mr JG Essex correctly predicted 2-1 and Ruel to get a goal. Uh, So you correctly predicted the maximum uh, reach here of four points. So well done to you. So that means the top of the Prediction League table is as follows. Yes, it's starting to separate itself out now. So leading away on 25 points is Dave Brew. Excuse me, 4797-6911. On 24 points, one point beside him with two correct predictions in the week. That goes to Eastside Orient. 
22 points is Rio Unscoring, and on 20 points is Paul R. Gregory. The full table can be found on our Facebook page. As always, thank you for all of your predictions on Saturday. Easy had about 150 to 200 again. It's quite a lot to sit through, it, but keep yeah. coming. <laughs> well done for doing it as well. Well done. Your testament to your um, staying power on that one. So that wraps up um, Saturday's game, but on Sunday, the 11th of February, today, as we record, and with thanks to www.lofcwomen.com for the following match report. Uh, the Orient senior women's team travelled over to West London to face middle-placed Hammersmith in a Greater London women's Premiership League match. Just a few weeks ago, the O's ladies were best placed among the table toppers, having dropped fewer points than all of their rivals. Sadly, that is no longer the case. Yeah, it isn't. As following a disappointing 2-0 defeat to Islington Borough and last week's 2-0 draw with Camden Town, today saw another poor result, this time a 2-1 defeat and consequently, Hammersmith now move above the O's in the league table. Yeah, the early exchanges generally favoured the Orient ladies, but repeating the pattern from last Sunday's game, they fell behind to a 24th minute opener. Next 20 minutes were a closely fought tussle with half chances going to both sides, but it was the home team who made us pay for an overexposed defence to give themselves a 2-0 lead at half-time. Yeah, the second half mostly saw the O's pushing hard to get a lifeline. But ace keeper Lola Duroyei was still required to save the day on a couple of occasions when Hammersmith broke through. And in the 76th minute, Nima McCarthy put in a cross that broke loose in front of goal. Top scorer Leanne Bates was there to apply the finishing touch. And despite a few more half chances, Hammersmith saw out the game to grab the three points. And the league's top two, the Comets and Richmond, both won their games and have now pulled clear of the pack. What an amazing match day report. Thank you again to www.lofcwomen.com. That is a fantastic report. Keep them coming. I must say, unlucky to the ladies. Looks like they're going to have the work cut out from now yeah. uh, based, on the, based on the last couple of results they've had. Indeed, absolutely. And that website is um, uh, free for you to go and have a look at. It's going to be updating with all the ladies' uh, action there as well. So unlucky to the ladies. So where are we now? Just over the hour mark. Let's get this one wrapped up as we crack on with the fantasy football. We run a, po- uh, a podcast fantasy football league. Elliot Pierce is currently top. He's on 1,508 points. He's just slightly ahead of Jonas Buckland, who's second on 1,501 points. And Steve is doing all right at 202nd out of 374 players. I was doing all right today up until everyone who had an Arsenal player basically got about a zillion points. But yeah. uh, West Ham lost 6-0, so I'm not going to moan about that. Brilliant. <laughs> sacrifice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, yeah, priorities and sacrifices. All right, let's do positives and negatives of the week. So positives in. So we've still got three positives. First up, Win against Port Vale. Difficult mm. match. Went there, done it at Stoke on a cold Tuesday night. <laughs> Second positive yeah. is a clean sheet against Port Vale as well. You know, never going to turn mm. those down. And again, the last positive, the unexpected unbeaten run, which has taken us from looking over our shoulder to potential playoff contenders. Great so point, even though it's yeah. come to an end, it was a an amazing run that obviously went on from the 23rd of December. So the last game against Bolton until now, which feels like an age ago, which was only yeah. five weeks ago. Yeah. Five, six weeks ago, but what a table has been, what a corner's been turned since that game. Unbelievable. Couldn't agree with you more. That leads me to do the negative side of things then. Obviously, our loss to Barnsley, two late goals, two poor late goals. Yeah. Obviously, now we're injured, uh, we're picking up more injuries, um, and obviously, it's not good that we have a lack of depth uh, across the back line um, uh, at all, and that is our third and final negative as well. The depth of uh, strength and depth in our squad is, is dipped. Um, as we sit here now. It certainly has. So hero of the week then. So we didn't do a Twitter poll for this one. I think we were both pretty unanimous and yeah. decided that this week's hero of the week is George Monker, my lord. So well done to, to George. We've seen a real turnaround in his performances, you know, collectively as a group of players we have, but George has, has been what we should have been seeing all along. Yeah, in my absolutely. Opinion. Absolutely. Well played to George and everyone. All right, next week's fixtures in. Two home fixtures coming up for the O's to get uh, small chances of the playoffs back on track. First up, we welcome Northampton Town on Tuesday the 13th of November. They are in 11th place in League One. They drew one all at home with Bolton Wanderers on Saturday. That wasn't a bad result at all for them. Uh, last five, they've only won one actually, so they're a bit out of form. They've drawn two. And lost too, so we'll see you all, beautiful people, on Tuesday evening under the under the lights. Who doesn't Cold love a floodlight in East London? Yeah, absolutely. Saturday the seventeenth. Then next week, Saturday as we record now, we welcome Burton Albion to Brisbane Road. They're currently seventeenth in League One after a two-one win at Bristol Rovers on Saturday. Their form is slightly more consistent um, in a sense that they've won two, drawn one, and lost 
two. Absolutely. All right, sponsorship reminder. We've warned you. We're going to warn you again. Do not forget, it's Valentine's Day on Wednesday. If you're still listening to this podcast and haven't ordered your flowers, then get that finger off your phone and start dialing Carol Langley Florist's number on 0208 529 410. Or go down the shop. They can be found on Chinkford High Street. Or get in contact with the team on social media. Carol Langley, E4, Essex Biz on Twitter. Get yourself on Instagram. Go and find them at Carol Langley Florist's. Or get yourself on Facebook to find the guys Carol Langley Florist. Indeedy, indeedy. So thank you very much indeed for joining us. This has been episode number 346 and it's been a really busy week on the pitch. Two very different games, a win over Port Vale and a late defeat away at Barnsley, which sadly ended our unbeaten run that saw us move up to the high of ninth in yes, League One, did. which you would have taken at the start of the season Certainly. if we'd have offered it. We've picked up injuries and the depth of our squad is being tested as the games continue to come thick and fast during February. Yeah, they certainly do. Thankfully, we're not the only club picking up injuries. Northampton are uh, without, I didn't notice until uh, you pointed out, Bill Lejande, Sam Hoskins, who scored two goals against us when we played him early in the season, he's out for Tuesday. He's not playing. And hopefully Burton are missing a few players as well on Saturday. So look, they, every team's going to be having the same kind of issues as we are. Yeah, apparently we've not played Burton at home since the 9th of March, 1907. Yeah, because when we played them away, it was the first time we played them since like... 1907. Ages. <laughs> yeah, I'm guessing so, yeah. All right, I guess those wow. Burton fans are going to be We've not played them at home in over 117 years. The Robbie Weir derby. All right, bring <laughs> it on. Bring <laughs> wow. it on. Absolutely. Wow. All right, so look, we've got faith in Richie. We've got faith in the staff. We've got faith in the players to get the most from this season. Every reason to be confident despite Saturday's result. We look forward to talking about both of those matches on next week's episode, which will be 347. And hopefully, we'll be talking about two home wins for the O's. And everyone will be like, Joe Piggott's amazing after his double hat-trick. I didn't see that one coming last yeah, week. Imagine. Imagine. <laughs> wow. What a, what life. What a life. Mate, if you're listening, stranger things have happened in this football club. Never say never. Yeah. Honestly. If you're listening on iTunes, please go and subscribe. We'd appreciate a five-star rating if you're able to or inclined to. If you're listening on Spotify, don't forget you can now rate the show. It's a new feature and you can also leave a comment. That is another new feature. You can do that episode by episode. So please do if you get the chance. And don't forget to follow us or add us to your favourites on your chosen podcast provider. And that way you will get all the episodes as soon as they're available. We're also on Smart Speakers. We're on the Fan Hub app. We're also on YouTube now. So listening to us could not be any easier we had Nigel on last week in episode 345 we had Richie on in 343 so there's a couple of great recent episodes that you can go back and listen to they are at the beginning of the show although Richie actually came on about 45 minutes yeah, in I think yeah. uh, but Nigel was at the top of the show um, if you've got an older relative a loved one an orient chum uh, you know look we're selling out Brisbane Road there's probably people that don't know that there is a fan podcast please help them please tell them if you see a new face in the crowd let them know please pass the pod yes brilliant stuff all right we'll be back with episode 347 next week with all the information and views that you could ever need and we look forward to hearing from you and as always keep calm stay safe have a great week and listen to the orient outlook podcast up the o's (laughs) 